I'm Alex Gabelman. This is The Decision, the podcast where people try to convince me to finally abandon the Knicks and become a fan of their favorite team. This is episode 27, The Houston Rockets, featuring uh, Rachel Neal. She is a producer for So Many White Guys, A Piece of Work, uh, and Two Dope Queens. Um, just a quick note before we get into it, I interviewed Rachel in her apartment, and it was, like, super noisy. Um, so, you know, you get a nice little soundscape of, like, planes and helicopters and birds. Uh, so I hope you enjoy uh, that beautiful ambient noise. Um, otherwise, let's get into it with The Houston Rockets. You got into the league because of Jordan, yeah. and then, uh, and and then you. Well, you're from Houston. I'm yeah? from Houston, right? Yeah. And so, like around 1994, 1995, yeah. when they won uh, that title, actually, it was two titles in a row. It was two it? titles in a row. Yeah. And yeah. so it was around that time where you were just like, oh wow, Clyde Drexler is <laughs> maybe a little bit dreamy. <laughs> I think I had a crush on Sam Cassell, which was weird. Oh, he really? is like, I think he has a weird shaped head. I'm just gonna say, I'm sorry, Sam. But I did. I had a big crush on him. Like, I was not going to be deterred. I was so in love with Sam and his weird shaped head. Aww. I know. Um, but they Houston doesn't win shit. But I don't, Houston doesn't win anything. I grew up with the Oilers. And the Oilers, which are football, would always choke in the second half. Right. The Houston Oilers who actually ended up moving and becoming the Tennessee Titans. And so, like, the Rockets were the first team that ever, there was so much hope there. Um, so I, anyway, I just remember all of a sudden, like all of a sudden I wasn't wearing my Jordans anymore. That's not true. But I wasn't in love with Jordan in the same way. It was Hakeem Olajuwon. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hakeem, the dream Olajuwon. Come on. So dreamy. I mean, that was an, that was an amazing team, right? Hakeem Olajuwon, yeah. Sam Cassell, Clyde sure. Drexler, Robert Ory. Crazy players. It's Crazy insane. players. Crazy players. And yeah, I think you hit on something earlier when you were talking about like who I thought was the dreamiest. Cause I would sit there and watch that with my family. So that was like. It was uh, adolescent. I was born in 82, mm-hmm. right? So I was just like 12, 13 years old, like totally developing my identity. And I'm sitting there with my like mother. The posters and on I, your wall yeah, age. totally. Yeah. It's just like teen beat in yeah. action. I was so in love with the entire team. Hmm. Yeah. And then it was two years, just two years straight. Those guys were just like the best team of all time. And it was the only thing anybody could ever talk about in Houston. I mean, it was like everywhere you went, like I go to the grocery store with my mom and there's like, the t-shirts for sale. There's just Rockets paraphernalia fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. Do you know, like I was sitting around the television with my family. That had never really happened before. Yeah. So, so one thing I'm reminded of actually is a, a big um, a big conversation in, in music these days. Um, if you go deep into music journalism stuff is um, like people not really considering teenage girls like you know their teen their fandom isn't really considered something to um to like take seriously um and i i wonder if as a teenage girl if your if your love of the rockets wasn't taken seriously by you know the 12 and 13 year old boys who you hung out with or knew or whatever I mean, I'm sure, man. I was such a weirdo, though. Like, I don't know who took anything I said seriously at that point. Like, I was just a fucking weirdo. Like, all I wanted to do was wear, like, Jordans Mm -hmm. and ride my bike. That is what I wanted to do. And that's it. And, um, oh, and, like, skinning my knees. I love skinning my knees. And playing soccer. Those are the only things I wanted to do. So I don't remember what teenage boys were, like, talking about or if they were even talking about sports. I feel like the people that I looked to the most 
for sports were women in my family because my mother is like super into sports. So like that was something that brought us closer together, like my mom and my grandmother. So I think of it as something that like the women in my family definitely determined the importance of was like, you know. Like were they were they fans or or huge like play fans. or they played a lot of sports or they didn't play a lot of sports but mm. they are huge fans like huge sports fans. Hmm. So she got you into the Rockets, mm-hmm. uh, and you know they won a couple titles. They won a couple titles. Then, yeah, yeah. Then they got just to fast forward a, a bit through a bunch of stuff. Like they got Yao Ming. That was an interesting, mm-hmm. an interesting time period. Very tall. Very, very tall. <laughs> Um, and now we're at the, you know, a few years of like, what's going to happen, you know, Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. And then they got James Harden and a few more, you know, a few more like years of what's going to happen. And now they have James Harden, they have Chris Paul, and they're like a legit championship contender. I mean, all of my love of the Rock- Rockets is like propelled by this crazy nostalgia. Hmm. Like it's all tied in to my growing up. Right, and this is actually why I wanted to talk to you, and not and not necessarily someone who is, you know, an over the top crazy, you know, statistician, you know, advanced analytics rockets person. Yeah. Um, because we've talked a lot about nostalgia, but like in this episode in particular, I really wanted to talk about nostalgia um, as a focus. And uh, so, um, how does your nostalgia, your knowledge, and, and your love from back in the day affect how you perceive the rockets today? I mean. I'm going to love the Rockets forever. You know, it's like you have an ugly child. You don't know you have an ugly child. You will never know you have an ugly child. You won't even, you will never know that. The Rockets could absolutely do nothing wrong. At their worst, they're an underdog. You know? Right. Like, they're just this, like, beautiful thing that will always bring me joy, no matter, no matter where they are or how they're performing. And I think that, I mean, I love Beyonce. I love Beyonce. Beyonce's a huge Rocket fan. Rockets fan. Oh, she's like 34 years old, 35 years old. She's from Houston. Yeah. I'm the same age. Hmm. Like we love the Rockets in the same way. Like she like drops their like she drops the Rockets in every album. She will mention the Rockets. Does she really? She really does. I think I think yeah. Doesn't she? I I've definitely heard some some Rockets lyrics I and mean, Beyonce stuff. In my mind, she does. In my mind, she does. We're like the same. We're the same person, Beyonce and I. But I think that there's something that just like they are so much a part of my childhood. They're so much a part of my hometown. They're so much a part of the favorite, like my favorite pop music. They're just kind of the fabric of my life a little bit. They're like woven in there. Oh, yeah. So your childhood, that's actually been a, a kind of a theme throughout this whole series is like me thinking about how would my childhood have been different? if I was rooting for a winning team, right? And so, I, I don't know, like how did, how, like what is it like to be a 12 year old and root for a team that wins back-to-back championships uh, and it galvanizes an entire city? Uh, I think it's the coolest thing maybe ever. Yeah. Yeah, you just feel like such a smart person. Really? Yeah, when your team wins, you feel like the strongest, smartest person ever. Really? Yeah, like it's the best. It's the best feeling of all time. And then when they run, like they won twice in a row, that was amazing. That I had never seen. There were just like smiles in everyone's faces. There are times when you live in a place where everyone experiences the same emotion and you can see it and it's rare and it feels really big 
and wonderful. And as a 12-year-old, when you have no access to most people in the entire world, no one looks at you, no one pays attention to you, when you get to dive in or experience the same feelings as the rest of like your grown-up community as the rest of your everyone else, it's moving. It means something. And then you see it on TV. You see it everywhere you go. It's the coolest thing of all time. Oh, man. You're just making me so jealous that, like, and also sad (laughs) (laughs) that, like, jealous that you had the experience, sad that I never did. Like, Yeah, I mean, you should be. I don't know. I'm thinking about like, I don't know, the the, the thing that you said of the momentous, you know, uh, group experience, like, yeah, I guess concerts is one thing, yeah. right? Like, um, I mean, probably the Obama election for me, you yeah. know, I was at a super lefty college and, you know, it was, I just remember, you know, hugging people and people crying, you know, in this momentous occasion yeah. and this feeling of joy. And that's the exact opposite feeling that I get from the Knicks. It's so funny. I was looking for, I haven't followed the Rockets in so fucking long Mm -hmm. just because like they're only, they're alive to me in the same way all the time. They're like perfectly crystallized as this like winning team. Like Hakeem Olajuwon is still playing. Like I have no idea what's going on with the Rockets anymore. I hope that's okay. I was watching this. You're going to get so, it's good that you're not on Twitter. I'll say that. (laughs) I was watching. You wouldn't get mad at me. I was watching this ESPN video and it was an ESPN video or like it was a YouTube video, but it was about how the Rockets destroyed the Knicks. Mm -hmm. And that's got to be so fucking sad for you. Well, you know what? So I wasn't when I was so I'm a little bit younger than you. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so I'm 30. Um, And so when that was happening, I was probably like eight or something like seven or eight. So I didn't really, you know, and, and actually my parents aren't big sports fans either. So I wasn't a huge I wasn't hugely into the Knicks at that point. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like super depressing when they lost Mm -hmm. uh, in that finals or the the Spurs finals even in 1999. But I do still miss that feeling of like, because it was when I was 13 that Mm -hmm. I started getting really, really into them. And so the experience that you were having at 12 was not the same experience that I was having at 13. You know, I didn't get it. I didn't even get the high highs of getting to the finals and then the low lows of losing. I just got the low lows of being terrible all the time. Yeah. The thing that I've invested time and energy in and, and, and identity in has mm-hmm. been a thing that is dysfunctional. And and is, is I just always assume that, like, something will go wrong, whereas you have, you know, at, at, as a kid, have this, like, moment, uh, not momentous, but, like, really joyous thing with them that, like, no one can ever, ever take that away from you. No, that's true. That's true. But, like, also, can you just choose to not love the Knicks? Like, why invest so much of your identity in a team that's dysfunctional? Well, yeah. I mean, that's 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 the question, right? Because, like, and this is why I'm doing this, because, like... I love this journey. We do. <laughs> it's been somewhat <laughs> torturous for me, but it's also <laughs> been fun. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's a big, like, I don't know, dude. Like, it's, I don't, like... I don't know if I'll be able to let go or not. Like it's 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 hard. It's it's uh, but at the same time like I'm an adult. I can make decisions. I can try to make decisions about the things that, you know, even though I do feel emotions about, like I can make a decision to not invest as much in in something. I mean, I feel like on this episode of the decision, you might have just talked yourself out of loving the Knicks. Oh, like I, maybe you've done all the work. Maybe this is this is where it ends. Yeah, who knows. Um 
All right, on that note, we're going to go to a quick break. Um, when we get back, uh, Rachel is going to give me her final pitch for the Rockets. This is Ali Lemer recording from Brooklyn. The decision is sponsored by Alex's Twitter feed, at Alex Kaplan. The best way to support the show is to follow Alex on Twitter. It's also where you can convince him to follow your favorite team. That's at Alex Kappelman, twitter.com slash Alex Kappelman. Back to the show. All right, Rachel, it's final pitch time. Uh-oh. What do you got? What do I got? I mean, I don't know what else I need to say. Red is an amazing color. Okay. Um, adolescent, like girl love, the best. Mm-hmm. Beyonce. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like, what else? Hakeem Olajuwon, for sure. Like, the best. The best dude of all time. He's just such a nice, just such a nice guy. Just such a nice guy. Uh, yeah. And Houston. And Houston, because they, like, they don't get shit. They just get shit on. I mean, growing up there, you, I mean, you have Galveston, you have a beach, but then there's, like, a bunch of oil wells on that, just, like, in the beach. It's so gross. Um... A lot of poor pockets of the city. Um, I just feel like a lot of, I mean, Houston just needs some love. There's not a ton of love there. And obviously the hurricane stuff from recently. Yeah, exactly. There's just always, I feel like growing up in Houston and living in Houston is very hard. There is something about having, it's just such a gift to have some, okay, let me take this all again. It's like too emotional. Um, really? Yeah. I. It's so funny. I didn't expect to be so emotional about the Rockets, but when you emailed me, it made me so happy. And there's like, it's only like three or four points that I have about them. Like, it's not, it's not even, it's an affair to remember, right? It was like two years. It was two years of my life. I like invested in them fully with a complete and whole heart. When they lost, they lost that third year. That hurt. Rachel Neal is producer for, like, every single podcast at WNYC. Uh, So many white guys, a piece of work, uh, and two dope queens. Uh, Rachel, thank you for sharing your memories of the Rockets with me. Thanks for having me. The Decision is produced by me. Original music from Louis Stein, Alessio Romano, and Scott Kappelman. Uh, There are only a few more episodes left. I've been releasing five a day, and I have five more uh, tomorrow, uh, which is the last day, um, and that includes the final episode, The Decision. Um, Until then, though, you can follow me on Twitter, at Alex Kappelman.